What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Long Island Sound podcast, the only Islanders podcast that not only signed RFA bridge deals last week, but also solved the 3C crisis. I'm Ben Cohen, and I'm joined by Kenny Avero. What's up, guys? And Damon Vittieri. What's good, Isles Nation? Today's August 22nd, which means we're another week closer to the start of the season. We've got a loaded show, first covering the news on the Isles and around the league, and then moving into the three topics of the week, the natural hat trick. Uh, and after that, we're going to introduce a new segment, which is called the shootout. And in the shootout, we want to like, get hosts to go against each other. And in this episode, it's going to be Kenny moderating a debate between Damon and myself about who's going to help the Islanders more this season, Michael Dowcall or Josh Hosang. So we're going to get right, right into the news. But before that, how are you guys doing? Yeah, you know, uh, I'm I'm good. We had a uh, we had a, a a show pretty much figured out, and then uh, last night uh, they uh, they go and sign Broussard and kind of turn everything uh, upside down. So we'll see how we do with that. But uh, no, we got a lot a lot of things to cover today. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, man, I'm uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this week's show. Definitely a lot more to talk about uh, than last week. I mean, it was kind of uh, not a lot going on, and uh, with the Broussard signing and the Hosang and Dalcal deals, I'm definitely looking forward to this show. So, guys, yesterday I'm I'm sitting in a movie theater, uh, and the commercials are rolling, and right as the ad for "Turn Off Your Cell Phones" was coming on. My phone started blowing up, and sure enough, the Islanders had signed veteran center Derek Broussard. And guys, I was expecting a similar AAV to, to Philpola, maybe like 2.5 or even $3 million a year. And personally, I would have been fine with that. I'm not sure how other people feel about that. I'm a big fan. But when I saw $1.2 million AAV, wow. What do you guys think of the move? Kenny? Yeah. Uh, I guess he has the same agent as uh, Scott Mayfield, maybe. Um <laughs> I definitely think he's worth way more than 1.25. I love the deal. Um, I'm sure we'll expand on it, on that a little bit later. But uh, yeah, I honestly the the dude's a great player, just as good as Vopla. So yeah, I mean, I know I know with the with the contract, it's a little bit. You know, he's kind of he's kind of betting against himself. I don't think there were many opportunities for him since he kind of bounced around last year. But to to get Broussard at 1.2 million, I mean, it's kind of a it's a no lose contract, you know, just like Jan Kovash last year um, and and the Leonard deal and the Philpola deal last year. You know, lose kind of taking a non risk approach to a guy who can fit in. And, 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 and you know, first of all, he, he absolutely fills a need at, at the three C. But for that price, it's just um, I mean, it, it, you can't go wrong. I mean, if it doesn't work out, you, 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 you ship them off or you send them down to the to the AHL and you don't worry about it. So. Solid signing, for sure. Awesome. Well, moving on, the other uh, important news which we kind of touched on was in addition to the signing of Broussard this past week, the Islanders also inked two of their three RFAs in Dalcole and Hosang. So to me, at least, the Dalcole, I mean, it's the exact same contract as, as Devin Taves and Josh Hosang's prove-it deal was a la Robin Leonard. Uh, what do, you, do you guys think those comparisons sort of make sense? Um, I guess... A little bit. I mean, it's it's interesting because Dal Coles is um is seven hundred thousand AAV, but it's for two years and it's a one way contract. Where Hosang's is yeah a little bit more of a prove it deal, um, but it's a two way. You know, it's one year, um, and it's eight seventy five thousand. So 
you know, the fact that it's two way, like if he doesn't make the big club, he's making $80,000 this year. So, you know, that is, I mean, it's even more of a prove it deal. I think than the Leonard contract last year, because at least Leonard was proven. It was just like, Hey, you know, here's a, a here's a one way contract. Hosting has to make the team first. Yeah. And, you know, so that is a big, you know, the, the biggest difference I see where they, they rewarded Dal Cole for, for being a team player last year. And they gave him, you know, uh, two years of security at a very, very low price. So um, I hear what you mean about the prove it deal, but I think even more so for Hosang because he had, you know, so many obstacles to overcome to, to get on this team and, and, and still has, you know, a ways to go. I think Michael Del Cole is definitely a more well-rounded player. Um, which obviously the Islanders look at that as uh, a little bit more security in, in the fact that they feel more confident with him. Um, being a one-way deal for that amount of money for those years, it's it's a great it's a great deal. It's not going to hurt the team. I think he's a I think he's a solid player. He is very good defensively. Uses his body well. He's definitely improved a ton. Um, I'm interested to see what he's going to do under Trotz and the new management. Um, it's, it's really a shame that we didn't have, that we had Capuano for all those years with all these high level prospects, um, during their most like formative years, uh, under some really like minor, minor league level coaching. Um, it, it's a shame that what could Michael Delca be and all these other guys be if they were, you know, had trots for three or four years from yeah, 19 played to hard, Kenny, they played hard. <laughs> yeah. Super yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Um, Capuano, jeez. I don't know how that guy has a job in the NHL. But, um, yeah, I mean, Ho- Hosang's, you know, it's a little bit more sensitive. The guy, it is obviously make or break. It's pretty obvious that that's the case. I, I like what Hosang brings. I think that when he's out there, he is that X factor. You got to, whether you like his all, well, all-around game or not, when he's in the offensive zone, the guy just – commands respect on the rink you got to cover him he opens up so much space for everyone else and it obviously is reflected in his in his points the guy is not a goal scorer but he's one of the best stick handlers uh and passers in the entire league i I don't care what anyone says whether he's played 50 games in the nhl or not the guy can put up points it's everything else um that i'm sure we'll get into you know a little bit later but yeah i mean I don't. I don't see where Hosang fits. If it's not the top six, I don't know if it's going to be on the third line. Um, uh, what, what do you guys think? Where do you, where where do you see him? Yeah, that's the thing is that it's it's hard to see him fitting somewhere that isn't that second line right wing. Uh, because if you have him on the third line, then you think, all right, well, I'm cool with Kamarov not playing, but Trotz clearly isn't, and so I I don't I don't see. I'm getting clearly, I mean, in the past, two days ago, we could have said, all right, well, Hosang could play on the right and Kamrov could play in the middle, but it seems like we just filled that hole with Broussard. And then you'd like to think that between uh, Beauvillier and Dalcole, you have someone on the second line, someone on the third line. And I'm not crazy about either of those two guys being on the second line, but unless, if, if Hosang isn't and you don't get a top six, you don't get someone that's not in the organization right now, where else is that coming from, you know? Hosang has to be in the top six or it just doesn't make sense because he's just not there defensively, right? So you have to have him in the top six, which means then 
where do you put a guy like Beauvillier? You know, I mean, there's I, I'm going to get into it with, uh, you know, in the in the hat trick because I've got kind of what what does the third line look like? But I mean, realistically, I don't think Hosang can be anywhere but your your top six. He's just he's not set up for success on the third line. Like he'd be, he'd be better off playing in Bridgeport on the on the top line. Then I just don't see I don't see him on the third line. So with that said, let's sort of uh, move on to the last segment of the news, which is Corey Pronda, the Athletic, has been ranking the NHL farm systems. And, you know, we've been awaiting seeing, seeing where the Islanders would fall. And they came in a little, a little lower than we expected, especially from a massive drop-off of fifth last year to 16th. Crazy drop-off. What are we thinking about it? I honestly... Uh... I'm not subscribed to that, so I haven't like read the entire article. Um, I'll just ask a stupid question: Does that count as guys who are you know prospects that have graduated to the NHL? Because yeah, the Islanders had an amazing farm system, but a lot of their guys that were prospects a year or two ago are now playing in the NHL. So that doesn't really mean that we have a bad farm system. It just means that we're a little bit lighter. Well, they have now. us ranked. They have us ranked organizationally they do their top 10 which is the guys 23 and under so i'll mm. read you the i'll read you the list that they that they have for us so number one is matt barzell number two is noah dobson number three is anthony bovillier number four is oliver wallstrom five otto koivala six josh hosang seven bodie wild eight Kiefer bellows nine michael dal cole and ten ruslan ishikov so that's kind of what they have for us I, Pronman said that he overvalued our picks last year, um, like Wallstrom. Um, and even though like Koivala stepped up big time from where he was last year and like he's in the top five and I've even seen him in the top three for, for our prospects now that are not not in the NHL. Um, you know, for him to drop us that far, I really think the reason is because we didn't have a sexy draft this year. I think that's the only reason, you know, we went off the board with our first round pick and I think, you know, it's, it's the cult of the new, you know, everybody was like, Oh, Dobson Wallstrom last year. I mean, I was jumping up and down for joy when we got those guys and Bodie wild, but like those guys had, you know, not Wallstrom, but like wild had a great season. Dobson had a great season. Koivula had a great season. So I don't see an 11, you know, 11 spot change from last year, but that's where the that's where we are. I think that uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that the the list that Pronman is you was using was separate from the the ten Islanders that you listed. That was sort of of right. the prospects rather than the rather than the twenty was it twenty two or twenty three and under. Uh, twenty three and under. Yeah, yeah, uh, they're, yeah. They're separate lists, but to me, like when you look at like a, a like the youth and like the farm system and and like the future. Uh, you know, that's I think that's a, I think the 23 and under is a good look at that because it's a good sprinkling of just kind of everybody. Yeah, I think the explanation that that I read that made sense to me, not I mean, to me, it wasn't a, a good explanation for a 11 point drop, but it, it made sense why it was lower, which was that I think they didn't consider Taves a prospect anymore. And that makes sense. Um, and the same with Hosang, Dal Cole. Um, and I think, I think those are the three that was their, I don't want to say excuse, but kind of excuse for dropping the Islanders 11, 11 spots. So, but again, there's still guys like, like Dobson and Wallstrom and Koivala now, who I don't think was in the five last year. Uh, 
And no, so, I think he was like 16th or something. Yeah. I think I read. I don't have it in front of me, but I think he was like he was in he was like you know 15, 16, something. And, it, like that. and it's true that he did burst onto the scene this year, so it, it makes sense that he had that Koivula himself had a massive jump. But to me, at least, when even when a guy like Devin Taves leaves the list, when you have a guy as as high as as good as Koivula was last year, backing him up, and the same with 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 Wild and the season he had, as you just said. Uh, and obviously Dobson uh, and Wallstrom without his good season. Uh, you think, yeah, that Koivula is probably not as high a prospect as Taves was last year, but if we hadn't signed Brassard, he was looking at a potential roster spot. And isn't that what the farm system is for? Yeah, I, I know he also left off Sebastian Ajo on the list, who's 23 years old. And it's like, how, how much does this guy know about the team? Because, I mean, he's better than... Ruslav Ishikov and probably Hosang too. I mean, I don't care how many games Hosang played in the NHL. I mean, Sebastian Ajo is 23 years old. The guy has like 75 points in the AHL and like a hundred and something games. So I think I mean, he how does he not was that was in the tier that I said of, of Hosang and Taves that was like a graduating class. I, I could be wrong, but I, I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I don't see how it's possible to not have Ajo in, in a top five list. Yeah, they're kind of a lot of guys in like no man's land because like I would not consider Hosang a lock for making the team. Um, I wouldn't even consider Dal Cole a regular on the team and certainly not Ajo. So if they're not considered prospects and they're not in our farm system by that, you know, metric, then what are they? Who are they? You know, like there's because there's going to be cuts made like these some of these guys are going to be playing in, in Bridgeport. Um so for sure. I, I think that's kind of a weird way to look at it from their perspective. But, I mean, I guess you have to do it some way. So, Where are the Rangers ranked on this list? Oh, I'm sure they're going to be super high. They haven't. They, 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 put out, they, they, they do a trickle, right? So, like, every day they have a new team out. So that's why they just released the Islanders at 16, like, two or three days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know they're going to come in high because they've got Kako. So that alone, again, it's that's why I think it's super weighted to like how good you do in that last draft because it's like fresh in everyone's mind and it's you know they also give a benefit that, uh, of the doubt for like for youth and for upside. That's why Ishikov is on there because he's only nineteen, where a guy like Dal Cole's twenty three. So they're not you know I mean I think they they take that into consideration also. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. I just want to complain about something regarding the Rangers. (laughs) I also wanted to just throw in there before we get off the news that um, our boy Billy G, Billy Guerin, was named Minnesota Wild GM. Yeah. Wow. Good to see for him. Good for him. Was he an assistant somewhere else prior or he's just pulling a guard snow here? He was with Pittsburgh. He was, I think, assistant GM um, over with Pittsburgh. So he was getting groomed for, for a job for sure. But right, it was pretty funny because the picture that the Minnesota Wild used of him when they announced it, it was like the worst picture. And all anybody was saying on Twitter was like, why would you use this picture? He's like, he's like looking down at something. So he's got like double chins and like his like face is all red. He looks like he's going to pop. Like, what the <laughs> They said he looked like Shooter amazing. McGavin. It was the funniest thing. Exactly. I saw someone say that it looked like Shooter McGavin and I can't get that picture out of my head anymore. Yeah, do you, think, do you think he walks in the locker room? He's like, "This ain't gonna be the same team, boys." I made turds like you for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I shook that guy's hand once. He was a captain in a real rough time, real rough time for the Islanders. Ben uh, wouldn't have even been an Islander fan if he would have started watching when (laughs) Billy Garen was our captain. He probably would have passed on it. (laughs) Well, for part of it. When When did he leave the organization? Oh, boy. Let's see. Billy Garen. Pull that up. You guys, uh, you guys, chat. I'll do some. I'll do some research on this. It was. It was right after he kind of passed the torch on to Doug Waite. So it was when Waite kind of became the captain. After, um, yeah. So he was an Islander for two years. He played in 0708 and then the 0809 season. So oh, okay. Then yeah. No, so, then I so ten years ago, he was a solid minus fifteen each year. That was a rough. <laughs> some rough teams, man. <laughs> Those are some rough teams. And then he finished his career in Pittsburgh. Um, the next two years, he he played for the Penguins, so that's that's why I think he kind of transitioned to their organization. But I mean, Billy G's, you know, he's a he's a a great player. I mean, he he really, you know, he was good with the Devils. He was good with uh, he spent some time with the Oilers, the Bruins, the Stars. So he's been all over the place. So good yeah, for him. and I mean, he has a few rings as GM, like assistant GM, that kind of job. Mm-hmm. Like with yep. Pittsburgh, especially. Yeah, and he got so I think he had some rings with the Devils too, didn't he? I think he was on there. He was on there ninety five. He was on there. He was on the. Um, let me see here. Any cups he's won, but, um, but yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's just um, it's 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 awesome to see him. You know, taking a, a more prominent role. I think he's a good guy, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if Dougie Waite followed him in some kind of assistant capacity because they're pretty tight. So. I miss Doug Wade as our coach. That guy was like super passionate, screaming on the bench at the refs. Like he was the only like respectable guy behind the bench when Capuano was a coach. And yeah, then he might have. Uh, yeah, yeah he, he wasn't the best coach. I just like them yelling at people. That's kind yeah, of like, no, exactly, exactly. Anyway, uh, so just moving on to the natural hat trick, I got the lucky, uh, the lucky first pick, and I made the obvious choice or of the of Brassard. And so for my natural hat trick topic today, I wanted to dissect the Brassard signing and whether or not he'll become Philpola 2.0. And the first thing that I wanted to go over with Brassard is his expectations, because to me at least, the 3C expectations are way higher than they were last year. I mean, we were expecting Weird Franz to be a below average third liner, and he put up 17 goals and 31 points. And certainly for a guy that's only gotten lower than that three times in his career, and two of those years he played less than 50 years, it's also two years uh, two years removed from a 46-point season. We're talking about a guy who should probably at least be similar to Philpola, right? I mean, statistically, maybe, but... The thing with the thing with Philpola is, you know, what he did away from the puck. Like he was solid defensively, where Broussard's kind of a nightmare as far as analytics go on five on five play. So yeah, I mean, maybe if you're just looking at goals alone, there pro- you could probably consider him to be Philpola 2.0. But Broussard doesn't kill penalties where Philpola does. Philpola is much better in the defensive end than Broussard is. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't, I'm not, I'm not hot on calling him Philpola 2.0. I think we struck gold with Philpola last year. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I really didn't feel, I didn't really even think about the defensive side of the puck, which is like 
really stupid of me because Filippola was so good defensively, and it was just a huge bonus him scoring all those goals. Um, I think that Broussard can can definitely get more than thirty one points, but like I said, is he going to be a plus nineteen? Probably, probably not. He's more of a the past few years. He's kind of like you said, he's out to lunch defensively, but. I'm thinking with the Islanders' system as a team and the structure, I think that should improve. I mean, look what happened with our favorite player, Nick Letty, being a minus 42 the year before and being even this year. So I'm sure they're going to work on the defensive side of the puck with him. And I think the offensive upside for Broussard is a lot higher. He's four years younger. Um, I like the move. I, I remember watching him when he played for the Rangers in the playoffs, and he was like the best player. Um, he's super clutch, so I, I kind of like the move, and he's got a lot to prove. It's a UFA one-year deal, like you said, similar to Laner's uh, situation. So he's, you know, he's going to be motivated. He's not going to be around, uh, you know, floating around out there. He wants, he wants that two or three or four-year deal next year from whatever team he's going to be with, and he's got to perform on the Islanders. So I think this is a good position for us to be in, getting a guy like this. Yeah, I'm nervous about the fact that he has bounced around so many different teams and like you know like he just hasn't made it work and we're not talking about, you know, okay, Pittsburgh, yeah, they're like center rich and and he just didn't have enough, you know, enough touches and everything. I I get that, but like it didn't work with Florida, didn't work with Colorado, didn't work with Ottawa. Like Mm, I'm 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 nervous about it. I mean, it's not it's no risk as far as you know the salary goes, but it's a roster spot. And like just last week, we were talking about maybe competition for the three C spot, and like how excited we'd be if a guy like Koivula was going to be you know fighting for that spot, or maybe even Bo was going to be you know moved to that spot. And now we kind of filled it with you know somebody who's been on the on a bit of a decline um over the past couple of years so that makes me nervous I, i'm not sure that that's like that is a guaranteed spot i think if he's bad in training camp like i think he'll probably start the first few games but if he doesn't have a good start i could totally see him sitting on the scratch pad i mean it just depends on who who comes in and i i don't know maybe it's just a hunch but i, I don't see him being a guy that's going to make you want to put him on the scratch pad for more than a couple games. And not to mention, if you look at, you know, the best case scenario where, and I wouldn't be high on this, on this idea, but I'm curious to see what you guys think is picture that both Brassard and Bovillier have a really good camp. And you think, let's have our third line be Delcol, Bovillier and Komarov. And let's stick Brassard on Nelson's wing. Like, I wouldn't be high on that, but I think Trotz might. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll give you another little angle on this. I mean, his contract is so friendly that if if he puts up a good amount of points, he could be easily traded, which he's obviously a professional at doing, being traded like four times in the past, like, two years. Um, so he could easily, if you know, if he – has a 20 goal season or is on pace for 20 goals, which I, I think could, is possible. You know, I, offensively, he's so gifted. Um, I believe he's pretty good on the power play too, which should help. Yes, he is. Um, he is. And that's something that we definitely need. So, 
listen, I, I can't see him being scratched, um, especially for any anybody that we really like the guys fighting for that position right now, whether it's you know Hosang or Dalcal. I think he's definitely uh, a better hockey player right now today than all both of them. So, and, and we have a real need at center. I don't think he was brought in to play wing, but because um, I don't think Komarov, Komarov really, they never really even gave him any games at center last year. I mean, he could take some face-offs, but he wasn't relied upon yeah. uh, to do that. So, and he, yeah, like you said, takes bad penalties, Komarov, every once in a while. I don't think they want to give him that responsibility. Um, he's kind of chasing the game a little bit, Komarov. He's not the best skater. Um, kind of just like, grinds it out, mucks it out, out there, uh, which I like. But um, I think he could be a good tradable asset, potentially, or we just hit a home run and the guy gets 20 and 20, which I think he's more than capable of doing. Yeah. For sure. I don't, think, I don't think we're doing it to to for, for, to move him at some point. I think they're, they're injecting skill into the bottom six, which they there's not a lot of right now. You can argue Sezikis and, and at some time, you know, some points Clutterbuck, but like for the most part, half of our forward group last year was just grinding it out, like you said, chasing the game, like the Komarovs and 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 even Philpola, you know, at, at times like he was like a PDO god, but like he didn't, you know, he wasn't a possession monster or anything like that. So I think they're going a different route and they're saying, okay got the system in place let's inject some skill maybe he helps the power play he's versatile so yeah maybe he can play on a wing if we need to shuffle some things if someone knocks Trotz's socks off for the 3c spot um besides Broussard but I think they, they're saying okay let's bring in some more skill somebody that can help the power play somebody that can maybe win some face-offs and will will our system will carry him along um at, you know as we need to um, I think that's more the angle that they're going for this. They're saying, okay, where were we weak last year? Let's address that power play, you know, and, 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 you know, a little bit more skill down the middle. For sure. And I think if you're trying to compare um, Philpola and Brassard, and I personally don't think, I agree with you, Damon, that, that I don't think that Brassard is, is um, Philpola 2.0. I think that, it's a better replacement on in my eyes. As much as I love Philpola, and I I think that he it was totally a home run signing him last last year. But when you look at Broussard as a guy who's four years younger, he's going to probably play the same position, and he is going to probably help the power play. And he's not going to kill penalties. We're going to have to solve that issue. I'd say I'd say putting Nelson on on PK two is fine. And if you look at the places that the Islanders need help, scoring, power play, yes, PK, defense, no. Like, so I'm okay with sacrificing maybe a little bit to, on the defensive end to get a lot on the offensive end. It's surprising to me that Trotz and Lou are, considering the identity that they've been instilling on this team uh, and, on, and Trotz on the teams that, where he was before the Island, uh, before he came to the island, but I like it. If you, if you told me that uh, Broussard was going to get five, seven, ten more points than Philpola, help the power play be average, so he's not just getting a few more points. He's also helping guys like Taze, Pulak, Barzal uh, get more points because of the power play, and you sacrifice 
a less good penalty kill, second line penalty kill center, and potentially a less a less good defensively, a less defensively able third line center. That's a deal I'm willing to make. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I definitely would. I, I think I think time will tell, but I, I, for sure, um, changing up that unit on the power play had to happen. So even if he brings some some different looks, um, just a little bit of a different tempo, I think it will dramatically help what we what we had, which was just the most deliberate power play in the in the league. So, um, and Ben, you kind of touched on it a little bit, so I think it's a good segue into my hat trick topic, which was who plays on Broussard's wing, right? Um, so. Assuming that he is the three C, I did a little bit of uh, I did a little bit of a depth chart um, myself here, and just kind of looking at everything. So, taking away Beauvillier, just let's say he's going to play in the top six. Let's say it's 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 Lee Barzel, Eberly, Bo Nelson, Bailey. Let's just take them out of the equation, and let's take the fourth line out of the equation for you know obvious reasons. So we've got basically Broussard and a ton of wings. Here's what we have. On the right wing, you've got Kunakel, you've got Wallstrom, you've got Hosang, you've got Tanner Fritz. On the left wing, you've got Dalcol, Bellows, Komarov, and Ross Johnston. And Otto Koivula, who can pretty much play center, left wing, or right wing. I mean, he's all over the place. I think there's And I'd probably the add that Komarov could play on the right too, if needed. Yeah, he probably could. He probably could. But you know, for the set for the for the sake of symmetry. We've got basically four of each. I'm going to knock a couple off because I think with the Broussard signing, that automatically guarantees that Koivula is going to start in Bridgeport. I think they want to give him a little bit more seasoning. He might be a half-season call-up depending on injuries, right? So I think that, I think you take him out. I think the same thing, I think you've got to knock off Wallstrom, and I think you've got to knock off Bellows. I think they want those guys to be seasoned a little bit more too, especially now with the signing of Hosang and Dal Cole. I think those two guys are definitely slated to start in Bridgeport, even if they have good camps. Unless they have incredible camps, I think both of those guys are in. So then on the right wing, you've got Kunakel, Hosang, and Tanner Fritz. Tanner Fritz is the one that I can't figure out because I don't know what they do with this kid. He's, I think he's on a one-way deal. And, you know, they were talking about him being like, as far as like center depth goes, like fourth, you know, like, like in the center depth chart. And, and I don't know what you do with him. I think Ross Johnson's going to go in and out for Matt Martin. So he's probably, you know, a, a wash. But like, realistically, you've now got Kunakel, Hosang, on the right wing, Dal Cole, Komarov, Johnson on the left wing, all battling. Like, who do you put on Broussard's wings here? Now, I put two scenarios together, and then I'll let you guys have at it. Ideally, I want to see Broussard centering Michael Dal Cole and Josh Hosang. Likely, I think you've got Komarov, Broussard, and Kunakel. And you can swap Kunakel. Or you could swap Komarov, Kunakel with Dal Cole, Hosang, depending on who they want to play. But I think that's more likely. I think you're definitely going to have Komarov in the lineup with Broussard, and then you've got kind of a, um, you know, a, a juggle on that on that other wing. So I don't know. I, that's what I want. I want Broussard centering the kids. I don't think it's going to happen. I throw it to you guys, Ben. What do you got? I would say it's likely that it. 
that Del Cole gets minutes considering the guys in charge like him and, you know, signed him to a two-way bridge deal and uh, and he, no, one in- way. He's a one way. He's a one way. So oh, he's, one way. He's, yeah. He's making I that money no matter year. what. I meant two year. My bad. Yeah. Uh, uh, so you've got Del Cole. I think I, I see Del Cole playing. I think that they see Kunakul as a scratch pad. You know, put him in for Clutterbuck if he can't be ready for the for the beginning of the season, and you know that kind of extra extra forward that you know is the classic scratch pad guy and. I love Kunakal for that role. I think it's perfect for him. I don't want to see him at second line, uh, second line right wing, but I think he's perfect to play on the right third line if need be, but sit on the scratch pad most of the time. Uh, and so I'd see, I would bet on Kamarov for the right wing. Um, I know that, uh, Damon, you were thinking of him more as a left winger. Um, I think he played it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think especially when guys like when when Bavilia was on the third line, Bavilia would play on the left and Kamarov would play on the right. And if I'm if I'm being optimistic, the the line combination that I want to see would I, I would want to see is Bavilia on the left, and I'd want to see Hosang in the top six, and then you can move Bailey back to the left uh, on the second line and scratch Del Cole, which. I'm not the highest on Del Cole. Like, he's fine. But I, I'd rather Bavillier play. Um, or and I'd rather Bavillier and Hosang play. And I don't see all three of them starting. And I just think that uh, Hosang and Bavillier are much better players than, than Del Cole. Especially when you take into account that if Hosang is going to... Or Bavillier, are, either of them are going to be playing on the second line. Because you'd think that one of them would be playing on the second line. That... They're playing in a system where they're not they're not the best defensively, but they have Nelson and Bailey to help them out a little bit, and they're not like the best. But you'd like to think that our the second line is pretty decent two way. Um, I know you mentioned uh, Tanner Fritz. I, I think that yeah, he might be on a one way deal, but he's going to go through waivers, and no one's going to claim him. Um, he's he's not going to be on the Islanders in, in any kind of full time capacity next year. I mean, I, he hasn't proven anything. He's like Shane Prince, basically. Like it's just you think like someone would take a, him. A name. Him no, no, no. That's why I'm saying he'll he'll clear waivers, regardless of if he's a, a one way or not. That's just I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that you know I don't consider him on the team. Um, I I could. And do you really think Anthony Beauvillier is a slam dunk at top six? No, I took him out because I, I I took him out of this conversation because I think it just would make it even more muddy because he Bo to me is a third liner, mm-hmm. but I don't know if they even know where they want to put him and what role um they want him to have. And it's the same thing with Dal Cole. Dal Cole's a natural goal scorer. He just never has played with anybody who can distribute the puck. There were times last year when him and Barzil looked real good together. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's I just I took him out up for this conversation just because I thought you know it would lead to a lot more confusion and okay swapping around parts. No, I think you have a Tanner Fritz jersey and you love him. How did but you know? How did I'm you know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean signed and everything. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's a great player. Um, I yeah, ideally it would be awesome to put. Um, Delcal, Hosang, and, and Brassard together, but I think 
Hosang and Dalkal need to have like the best camps of their entire lives for them to even like give them a few games. Um, I, it's really hard to say. Like, I, I think it's definitely going to be Dalkal, Brassard, and then it's just who's going to be on that right side. Um, I would say it's. I would say I kind of agree with Ben. I could see Kamarov being in that spot. Um, but it's really hard to tell because it all depends on how Hosang is going to play. I mean, if, if Hosang, because if Hosang could even get into the top six, then the ideal situation for me would be have Bovillier on a third line. The kid is so good defensively. He hustles. He's got a great stick. He battles. He's, he plays the body and he can snipe like going down the wing and a guy like Brassard and Dalcal. I mean, I I don't know. It's it's really hard to say. It's such a logjam at that position right now. That and and with let's just see who has chemistry with who in camp as well. Like being a completely new center with Brassard in the third line. Who knows? Maybe maybe Brassard and Beauvillier play sick together, or Hosang and him. I mean, it's the possibilities are really endless. And we got to remember, guys, that injuries happen. So we're not going to go into this season with, okay, this guy is definitely going to be on the scratch pad and these, this is our lineup. We got pretty lucky last year. Like there was really no catastrophic injuries other than like the guys that you kind of expected there to be injuries with lad mm-hmm. and things like that. So yeah, we have depth, which is a great thing. Yeah. They're not like, Oh my God, studs and slam dunks in each position, but it's good to have like six guys that could all interchange between the second, third, and maybe fourth line. So I think it's a like we have organizational depth with guys who have been playing in the NHL and have shown flashes of like greatness. And this is like I said, only one year under trots. Let's see what happens next year. I mean, I'm expecting big things from Hosang, to be honest with you. I mean, this is it for him. And I think he knows that. That reflects in the one one year two way deal. It's the guy is too good to play in the AHL, at least on the offensive side of the puck. And if he can just figure out the off-ice things, the Islanders have – I mean, would it, it wouldn't shock me if Hosang got like 50 or 60 points if he played 82 games on the Islanders. Like it would be hard for him not to. And it sounds crazy because he hasn't like – yeah, I'll let you go. You, well, you, you know, I, and I don't – this is – when you ask about why – me and and last week you asked about you know Ben same thing why we don't like Leo Komarov it's not that I don't like Leo Komarov it's that he takes up a spot if he's out of the picture you can literally drop Bo down have Bo Broussard and Hosang as your third line I put Dal Cole up on the second line with Nelson and Bailey because Nelson's a possessor Bailey's a puck mover and Dal Cole's a shooter that's a good line right there, chemistry-wise. I'm a big believer in you've got the guy who grinds, who makes the space. You've got the guy who motors, who possesses the puck, and you've got the finisher. That line has that. When you have a guy like Kamarov in the lineup, it gums up the works. And you can have Broussard, Beauvillier, and Hosang as your third line, and now you've got way more skill uniform through your lineup than when you've got a guy who's chasing the puck. Like Komarov. That's Komarov. why I always have a problem when we talk about that because you take him out. Now, maybe that's an ideal world, and I love all the prospects being on the team and blah, blah, blah. But realistically, that, like, to me, I would love to see that. I would love to see Dal Cole actually get minutes 
in the top six with proven players because I think he's earned it. He deserves it a lot more than Hosang does, even though Hosang's got the skill. So that's I, my. I, and I, now I know I said at the beginning of the show you have to have Hosang in the top six. That's because of his talent, but realistically, I think you have a little bit more leeway if you've got him playing with veterans like Broussard and you know Ovillier, who's pretty solid in his own end. Let me just say one thing before I let well, I let Ben take over. Uh, I think I know the hate with Kamarov is real, but now that you're missing, uh, you know that Philpel is gone. This guy kills penalties. He does all the dirty stuff. So I think he's and with all the injuries with Clutterbuck, Sezikis, Martin, it's like every other week, every other month they're out for a month. Kamarov's kind of a perfect fourth line guy, which he might not be slotted in the beginning of the season when everyone's healthy, but it's nice to have him go down and play a more natural role on the fourth line. And like you said, then then it opens up space for, you know, Hosanger, Bovillier, or Dalcal to play with Broussard on a third line. And and when with your four centers being Barzell, Nelson, Broussard, Sezikis, the Islanders have great centers. I mean, am, am I am I just being a Homer fan by saying that? I mean, I, I think I think we're in a great position. Yeah, we are at we least are. down the middle, you know. And we have plenty of wings, plenty of different combinations. These guys are gonna these these guys are gonna decide themselves in in the preseason and training camp. They, they're gonna they're gonna iron it up themselves. And everyone knows that no one's safe right now. You know, we're talking about scratching like Broussard and like as crazy as that might sound. I mean, they're some, something's got to give, you know? So sure. this is a good thing, man. This is, a, this is a good thing. I think it was a great signing. I expect Beauvillier to take a, another, a big step forward after a kind of a down year. Barzell had a down year. It, it happens with these young guys. I mean, I, I I love it. I, I think Dalcal has that kid showed such poise with the puck. He was he wasn't afraid to get involved physically. I, I and and that was his first real like real stint in the NHL um, under a legitimate coach. I, I think that this kid can can definitely surprise some people. I mean, the points didn't reflect how good he played. You know, twenty eight games, seven points. You noticed him out there, and it you didn't notice him in a bad way. You know, he was doing he was doing great, great things out there. Protects the puck well. He's big. He can pass. And like you said, if he if he has a guy passing him the puck, he can score. He has that Nelson like shot where it's if he gets the puck in the slot, he has that natural scoring ability that you can't teach. So and, and he and Dalcall wasn't put in a position to be a scorer last year. He he got brought in. Went, you know, with injuries and stuff like that, but he played 34 games in Bridgeport, had 34 points, 18 goals, 16 assists. He didn't, he didn't come up here and, 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 was, and was brought here to score. But this season, I could see him being put, on a, being put in a position where he could score some goals, and the guy's got the, the talent to do so. He's a fifth overall pick. At, you know, every, we wrote him off. Everyone wrote him off a couple of years ago. It was just like, oh, that's another one of our fifth overall picks. That was a bust, you know, a la Strom, Niederreiter, Etc. But I, I think this is all, this is a good thing, and it's really hard to sit here and say, you know, August twenty second, who's going to be, who's going to be in the Islanders' third and fourth line. You know, Clutterbuck could, you know, 
be injured tomorrow and be out for two months and it wouldn't surprise any of us. And then it completely changes everything. You move Kamara up down and now the third line's way more open. The possibilities are, it's, it's, it's a good thing. I, I love it. For sure. And I think it's, it's hard because I, I agree 90% with Damon. Because you want to have that third line that you got that veteran and Broussard, but he's a veteran who can score and uh, has the has the presence uh, of a guy that you know isn't hasn't been in the league for you know two three years, like like uh, like the people that would be on his wings, and you you'd you'd love for that line to come to fruition, but at the same time, if you're going back and thinking, all right, well, Trot is our coach. He wants to have two offensive lines, two defensive lines, and great. He want his he wants his. Uh, ideally, the top six should score more, um, and he brought in a three C that's going to help the bottom six help with that a little bit more. Uh, but if you're if you want to have a defensive line, you don't have it. It's not going to be Brassard, Bavillier, and and Delco. That's just it's not. I wish it. I wish that was how it worked because it's exciting. But at least to me, in this system, you need one of Kamarov or Kunakal to be on that line, and it's just about who the other guy is on the on the other side. Which is why you're thinking, all right, well, we got these. We got these three guys. We've got Beauvillier, Dalcol, and Hosang, and then you also have guys like Wallstrom and Bellows right behind them. So you're thinking, all right, well, we have like one, two spots. I mean, we're, I mean, I assume that all three of us are all for bringing in, bringing in one of the billions of RFAs that haven't signed. And then that's definitely one spot as much as you want. You'd want to have a guy like Marner or line a that makes, that means that those same guys now are only fighting over one spot. Now in my dreamland, perfect world, where I am the GM of NHL, where you don't think about certain things because I'm not an NHL GM, obviously. You think, all right, well, you can have a guy like Marner or a guy like Line A, and then in the deal to get them because you don't want to offer sheet because you want to give them an excuse to say yes and not match the offer sheet, depending on the team. Some teams can match it. Some teams can't. Uh, You want to... You can also dump salary caps on them. Like if you look at getting someone like like Line A, and you can give them Letty and Beauvillier, for example, and then add a few picks. And we we talked about it a little bit last week, but that solves our cal- our salary cap crisis. It solves our last top six forward that makes this team borderline elite. The only problem is it leaves you with. Bellows, Wallstrom, Beauvillier, or not Beauvillier because he's gone, but Dalcol, Hosang, fighting for one, two spots. Yeah, it's a position of strength for sure that, that we've got that depth coming in. It's just a matter of what they do. And yeah, I think the Broussard signing was kind of like, I think it's more of a reflection. And, and it's interesting because he's the only RFA left that's not signed. And I don't think that's a coincidence that, you know, there was talks that he was going to be possibly filling in on the third line. And now they signed a third line center. I, I think that the Broussard signing puts even more pressure on Beauvillier and possibly makes him even more expendable than he was before, which now I'm not going to lie. I, I have a Beauvillier Jersey. 
Uh, it's next to my Tanner Fritz jersey, but no, <laughs> I, I actually do have a Bovillier jersey. It's a 72, though. You know, it's not the it's not the new 18. But anyway, uh, I love Bo. That's my point. Um, I think he's got incredible upside, but I think he's just like Niederreiter, where we didn't know what to do with him, and we still don't know what to do with him. And there's potential there, and I would hate to see them give up on him. But if it's to bring in one of these coveted RFAs that are all dangling out there, then I'm for it. He, he had a bad year last year and scored 18 goals, had 21 the previous year. It's like he, he's got talent. Like he struggled and scored 18 goals. The guy, is it crazy to think that he, he's a 20, 30 goal guy in a couple of years? I, I don't want to give up on him, you know? And I think he's defensively responsible enough to at least have earned a spot coming out of camp over even Dalcal, Hosang, and. Kunakel, you know, who's a guy, you know, Kunakel is, is your scratch guy. You know, he, he, he is not going to be there all 70, uh, 82 games. He's just not, he, you know, injury happens. He'll be the first guy, another injury happens. And whoever's lighting up Bridgeport, whether it be Hosang, uh, Wallstrom or Bellows will be the first, you know, call up. I just think that with Lou and this new management, they let guys marinate in the AHL. And obviously they're, they want to see Koivula do the same thing at least another year before giving him giving him a spot over these guys who have already been playing years in the NHL. Uh, you know whether they had good years or uh, inconsistent years. You don't want to go into the season with a hundred and three point team with a, a rookie third line center. So you know I think it was a good signing, but I think Beauvillier, they they got to resign him. I'm maybe he wants too much money. Maybe he wants two years and they, and they want it to be one year. I, I think it's probably a battle over that less than it is the actual money. It's probably the, the years, you know, that's the thing is if you look at another thing with Bovillier and you're comparing him again to the guys that he's probably going to be competing with in in Hosang and, and Del Cole. And the one thing that both Del Cole and Hosang have on Bovillier is that Bovillier has been tried on the second line. And it didn't work. I mean, and even on the first line, he didn't he didn't work in the top six. And I'm with you. I think that could change in the future. But as of right now, he has and the other two haven't, at least not enough and not recently with Hosang specifically. And just like you said about Del Cole, if you put Del Cole with 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 Nelson and Bailey, that could be an ideal line combination. And then if you if you put Hosang on the other side and it's nice that Bailey can play both right and left because that helps out. Helps out the, you know, us speculating over something, you know, it's definitely going to be something that we haven't even talked about because that's just how it works when you're a podcaster. You just <laughs> go over what you think are all the options and then somehow it's something else. But hosting can play on the right. And and that line also looks good when you when you think of Nelson Morris can be the finisher. And when you look at the goals that he scored last year, uh, he can totally be that role, be that guy. And when you think of Hosang and Bailey on, on his wings. Beauvillier has been there, done that, and didn't do it well enough. Whereas Hosang and Del Cole are waiting in the wings saying, hey, we haven't, got, we haven't been given that opportunity yet. So that's the thing is, where does Beauvillier fit in? It's the third line. But is there someone that we prefer in the third line? Because we just signed someone. Yeah. yeah. We could go forever with this topic, I'm yeah, sure, because sure. it's just so many different options and stuff. But, you know, I think this, we just got to wait and let this play out and, and training camp i think you know once that starts you'll we'll start having a little bit more insight as to far as far as like the line combinations at least in the preseason 
on what, as, as to what the coaching st- staff thinks of this whole situation, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, Kenny, why don't we get to your, uh, why don't we get to your topic this week? All right. Um, so I kind of touched on it a little bit last week. Um, the Islanders, unfortunately, didn't make three major moves, so I was kind of left to do some, like, leftovers. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I guess we'll go to the goaltending situation. Um, Robin Lehner obviously departs after a Vesna candidate-type season. He, you know, he had a great year, um, and the Islanders bring in Simeon Valarama for four years. Um, I, I think the cap hit is... I think solid for what, you know, his, his resume, he's been in the league. He's a veteran. He's been a starter. Um, he's had some up and down years, but if you dig a little bit deeper, um, you know, Colorado is definitely an up and coming team. They're, they're, what's the word I want to say? They're, they're like the hot, they're like the hot team, the NHL. They're, they're up and coming. They got all these young guys and, and all that, but you know what? They finished eighth. And the past few years, they've either barely made the playoffs or been com- dead last in the Western Conference or towards the bottom of the standings. So Simeon Varlamov, just like Robin Lehner, uh, previous to coming to the Islanders, has not been on a very good or structured team. And coming to the Islanders in front of, you know, with our system and trots and the goaltending coach and the players that we have. I expect him to at least pick up um, where where Laner left off, and, and and could possibly even be better. Robin Laner had a good year, but he he wasn't he wasn't our carry. He wasn't a carry Price or a Holtby or a Quick, where he's playing 60, 70 games, standing on his head, and had an amazing year. And how could you get rid of this guy? He played forty six games. Uh, you know, Grice played played forty games. So this isn't a guy the Islanders were relying on to win games. When he was in there, he was great. He was relatively an unknown, which I think makes it seem a little bit better than he actually was. Um, I don't see any reason why Varlamov can't, as a 916 career you know, save percentage guy, come into the Islanders on a much more structured defensive team and do just as good for the next few years. He's 31 years old. He's got plenty of hockey left in him. You know, goalies, in my opinion, are in their prime from like 27 to 33, 34, it seems. Um, it's very rare you see a goalie come in and, and dominate, you know, under 25 years old. So this guy has seen plenty of pucks. He's been on a couple of good teams in Washington, and he's been on to be honest, a, a not so good team in Colorado for the past few years. And I don't think it's his fault on why they weren't making the playoffs. Um, yeah. I, it, I, it's really not a lot to say. I mean, I haven't seen the guy play yet, but I'm just trying to temper Islander fans, you know, hate towards how could you let a guy like Robin Lehner go? Well, it's a very similar situation at, at as Lanner was before we got him on the Islanders, he played with Buffalo for three years and he played for Ottawa for three years. Th- those, those were bad hockey teams. He just needed an opportunity to play in front of a team that is, is a little bit, you know, more structured. And a guy like Trotz is not going to be leaving his goalie out to dry. The Islanders had 103 points last year. And it, to be honest, I don't think it was because Robin Lehner played amazing. Thomas Grice played just as good, and he and he was our quote unquote backup. 
So I think this is a good position, even better for, for Varlamov because he's not going to be relied on as a, as a guy who has to you know, play 60 games. He can stay fresh because he's, he's had some injury issues. He's been a little inconsistent at times. The Islanders are in a great position with their goaltending because all they have to do is ride the hot goalie. Grice gets hot, and then he plays like crap a game or two. You let Varlamov go until he doesn't play so good, and it, it's a win-win for the Islanders. And the other X factor that I, I did mention last week was they have the same agent as our future franchise goalie in Ilya Sorokin, who's 24 years old, last year in his contract in the KHL. His numbers are stupid. I mean, it looks like a typo you know, the numbers he was putting up in the KHL. And I know that's not the NHL. And I know that that league is corrupt. And, you know, there's only like three teams that are allowed to win because it's, you know, who knows who's running that league. But you don't, he didn't just have one or two good years. He's been a stud for the past four or five years. He's the real deal. And to build a relationship, negotiate a contract and uh, with, with his agent, Russian-speaking guy. They've played on, I believe they played on the, the, those world championship teams together. At least, you know, Var, uh, Varlamov might have been a starter with Bobrovsky and Sorokin was a backup and played a few games. I think that means something. Um, and I think it's a good thing, us moving that in that direction. What were the other options? If you were going to lose Robin Lehner, this would have been my my number one guy to bring in. The guy can steal games. I don't think he's going to lose us hockey games. Um, where last year, I mean, Robin Liner made a lot of big saves, but that, but they were, you know, guys would skate down the wing, no screen, and beat him clean from the outside. It would happen from at least every other game, and you'd be like, "How is this?" You know, it, it was more the system than it was him being insanely amazing. Yeah, it's a great story him being. You know, going through the depression, the drug use, the off the ice stuff. It's a great story. He played awesome. I think that maybe overhyped what he was doing here a little bit because no one even mentioned Thomas Grice. And Thomas Grice's numbers were just as good, played just as many games. If we didn't have Grice, then, you know, this might not have looked as good um, for him. So, I think this is a good move. I'm interested to see, you know, what what you guys think of what you guys think about this. Yeah, I would say that Thomas Grice is the biggest reason why this swap out from from Lander to Varlamov, um, why I'm okay with it. Uh, Grice in in 2017 2018 for the Isles had an 892 save percentage. Last year he had a 927. Right. So he put up, like you said, Kenny, almost identical numbers to Lanner and came off of a horrific year the season before. So there's your proof right there. If if Grice was like a 905 or or in the 890s like 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 he was two years ago, if he was putting up those numbers last year, I'd say, okay, yeah, it was more Lanner than the system. But when you've when you see it, I mean, there's no better there's no better case study than Thomas Grice to say why this could work for another goalie coming in. So yeah, I'm with you. I think it's all, I think that's why they did the move. I think they're very confident in their system and that it's, it's interchangeable parts. Um, and yeah, I think that Robin Lanner was a victim to Ilya Sorokin, not Varlamov. If it's one for one and Sorokin doesn't exist and that bridge isn't there, 
I think that they re-signed Lanner for two or three years, and 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 there's no there's no discussions about it. But I think the fact that Sorokin's there, Lou is willing to take the risk to try to get a goaltender with more youth, who's going to be cheap because he's coming in on an entry level deal, and um, can can be the goaltender of the future for this team versus Robin Lanner, who we might get another couple of good years out of, but even that's um, you know questionable. And and I will say this um, before I turn it over to Ben about Varlamov. You know, he was dealing with his own personal stuff, too. You know, there was a lot of that domestic violence stuff that went out there. And I'm not going to talk about the details. But from what I gather, um, it was either made up or dismissed. And and a lot of people were giving him stuff for, you know, being, a, you know, a, an abuser and all this stuff. Like, and, and the truth of the matter is, we don't know what was going on there. But the case was dismissed and, and thrown away. So a lot of people are saying that it was, you know, uh, kind of fabricated and all this. So he, my point is, and I'm not trying to compare the two, but he was dealing with some things also that might have affected his play. So hopefully now that that's behind him, he's got a clear head, just like Leonard had a clear head when he kind of got all his stuff behind him. And that could lead to, you know, more focused play on the ice, better, better numbers, better results. Yeah. I think it's hard because Robin Leonard was amazing. I mean, he was a Vezina candidate. And he was, I mean, when you, of course, can talk about, we could talk for ages about how it was different than last year. And we could talk for ages about how all the circumstances that led to why his Vezina numbers don't even do him or the Islanders justice. But, and I, I think it's, we're being a little bit harsh on him because I think you can't have as good numbers as he had without doing something right. And I, I know you're not saying that he didn't do anything right. I just, I think... It was a special year for him. He was definitely aided by the system and by the defense and by shots coming from the outside, not the middle of the slot, like like how every shot came in under Doug Wade. But when you look at Robin Leonard and his story and his how meaningful he was to the league and to 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 the league, to the team, to his teammates, and to and to everyone that's that could be going through. Uh, what he was going through it's 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 a special story it's a it was a special year it's hard to lose a guy like Leonard because he's was amazing and the fans loved him and you look at all the post-game uh interviews with with Shannon with with the the whole Coliseum chanting his name like those are special moments but Varlamov will be just fine and hopefully I mean I I don't think he'll you know be a fan favorite but you know Let's hope he is. He wouldn't be a fan taper without doing something right. Plus, he's got a two-syllable nickname, so we can chant like we do everybody else. DP, Varley, <laughs> Lanner, you know. That's like an Islander thing. They, it started <laughs> with Billy, you know, Billy, Billy Smith. So, anyway, there's your fun fact. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you look at, like I said, I mean, Grice, 23 and 14 with a 927 save percentage didn't get mentioned at all like it like he didn't like he wasn't even part of it 25 13 with a 930 save percentage was, was robin laner so it's the system i'm sorry it's just the system it's a great story the nhl ran with it for many reasons other than just the on ice straight up stats and i think that and and i feel like robin laner coming in and kind of stealing the show a little bit 
from what Trotz and his system brings to the situation. I think this year people are going to be singing Trotz's praises even more when Varlamov comes in, if healthy, and plays just as good as Grice, which obviously, you know, if you're, pl- if you're playing just as good as Grice or at, at equal to him, you know, that's a good thing. The guy hasn't had a losing hasn't had like a below 500 winning percentage in the past four years, and he's our backup. So I think Varlamov has more skill than Grice. He's definitely um, more of a starting goalie and, and has had that pressure. It's obviously a lot different. I, I don't think Grice would be a good starter is what I'm saying. I think he's pl- he plays his role perfectly well, and the max amount of games you'd want to have Grice in there is 40. And I think at this stage of Varlamov's career – I think it's probably best that he's in a situation where he's splitting the time. So I think this is a good thing, and we're going to love Trotz even more when Varlamov uh, plays good. I I don't think that we're going to miss Robin Lehner, to be honest with you. Uh, And Robin Lehner is not going to put up a 9.30 save percentage and and win 25 games at at a 45 or 46 games played in Chicago. This isn't the Islanders with with Barry Trotz. This is a team that's struggling. They have a a pretty old defense. This is you, you know it's yeah Duncan Keith and uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Seabrook. Seabrook. These you know it's not this is not five years ago. So they have an aging old defense with. You know, it's just not as good of a hockey team. Uh, you know, they might have more skilled individual players, but they're just not as good of a hockey team. And Robin Lehner is not Carey Price. Robin Lehner is not Henrik Lundqvist. You know, Holtby. He, he's Bobrovsky. He's not. Yeah, he was a Vesna candidate, but he... Listen, let him prove me wrong. If If he goes out there and kills it again, he's the real deal. But he did that for one year with us. So I think it was more our team and system than it was him standing on his head. So I want to go out on a limb and, 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 and think that, you know, I think Varlamov's going to do the job just as good. Also going back to the, um, going back to Grice, there's, I don't see a world where Grice is a New York Islander, 2020, 2021. And so he's also playing for a contract. Mm hmm. This year. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I don't think he's back. I don't think he's back after this year. I think this is his uh this is his last year with us. I think you're gonna get an amazing effort out of Grice. I love Grice. You know, as bad every year he had the year before, he was still thirteen and eight. He won hockey games. Yeah, the save percentage was ugly, but it was ugly for the entire team because Doug Waite couldn't, you know, figure out a defensive system. The guy wins hockey games. Um he battles, and when he's on, he's on. You know, he, he has more of a style that steals games than even Robin Lehner does. Robin Lehner is more consistent, I feel like, but Grice can 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 make those saves where it's like, oh my god! I mean, he listen, he was the only him and Tavares were the only reason why we won against Florida in that series. The guy played unreal. I mean, so, what about Alan Quine, the slap shot? <laughs> that was a sick shot. Thirteen though. and eight. The Doug Waite year? Yeah. That's, that's what ridiculous. people... Well, he only played, uh, you know, 27 games. He was 13 and 8. Halak played, you know, s- somehow played 
500 games that season and lost 490 of them and was trotted out there every single season. Yeah, I hated Halak. I hated Halak. So I think what's more impressive about Grice is his first year with us. He played 41 games and he had a 925 save percentage. So I think he's just a good goal that had it down year in the Doug Waite season, which let's be honest, everybody kind of did. So 23 and 11. Grice goes to Carolina and they're like, they become a contender. Yeah, I could see Grice going to Carolina with his ties to to the with the hockey camp and everything. That's down. not to mention their necessity for uh, their need for a goaltender. Yeah, yeah, I could see that next good, year. Good call. I see that next year. Yep, for sure. Well, what oh, do you think? Do we want to do. We want to hit the shootout now. Do we want to try yeah. to get that yeah. in here? Let's do it. But Kenny's going to be the moderator for this one. Jamie and I are going to be battling it out. So, Kenny, why don't you why don't you take it? Who's going to have a bigger impact on the Islanders, Michael Dalcal or Josh Hosang? I'll share my thoughts on it after you guys battle it out. But um, who wants to start? Ben, do you want to start? Uh, who do you think has a bigger impact and why? To me, it's, it's Josh Hosang. And it, it sounds like the, you know, the easy way out. And it, but, I mean, I remember my first Islander game. It was, I was already a huge fan, but... My dad didn't know anything about hockey, and but when Hosang got the puck, I remember him going, "Who's that guy, sixty-six? Because he's a game changer. I mean, what else can you say when he is the puck? You watch. So we're talking about who's going to be have the biggest impact, and we're talking about an X factor guy. And if he gets the opportunity to play on the top six with with Bailey and Nelson, which I'm praying for him to get, unless of course we we get a, someone that someone from outside the organization. Uh, that guy's just going to take the opportunity. He's ready. He's an NHLer. He's already been here, but he's gone down and he's learned the trade a little bit more. Oh, I just can't wait. It would be amazing if he would play on the second line. He's, he could have, as you said, like, I would be surprised if he had 50 or 60 points, but he, he could do it. I don't see Dal Cole reaching those heights. Uh, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm taking the Dal Cole spot here, and um, I wanna, I wanna go on the record as saying I would love both of these guys to to be on the team, and both of these guys to make an impact. Um, I can't believe that in August of 2019, I'm sitting here arguing the merits of Michael Dal Cole when I've been to countless blue and white scrimmages. I watched this kid play in the preseason. I can't remember if he played in Philly or at the Coliseum in the preseason. I'm nuts. And I, we went to my girlfriend and I, she's a Flyers fan. Don't hate me. Um, we went to both preseason games. Um, and Dal Cole was like the worst hockey player I've ever seen. Like I went home and I was like, I cannot believe that this kid went fifth. Like he looks like he's afraid of the puck. Just It was it was insane. And to see the strides that he's made in 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 that time. Now I know it's getting a little bit later in his career. He should have already kind of taken those steps. But here's the thing: I see improvement. I see a kid that is taking the criticism. He's working on aspects of his game that his coaches are telling him to work on so that he can earn the role. And he was rewarded by doing that with a, a one-way deal. For two years, Hosang is his big, his his own worst enemy. the The kid's got more talent than I would say ninety percent of the league. He's that good, 
And for him to not have been able to figure this out, he should be raking in the dough at his age. And he might play for $80,000 this year or $70,000, whatever his Bridgeport. Exactly. Is, is and that's incentive to be amazing. He's yeah, got- it's incentive. But this kid's had incentive, Ben, his whole career. Hey, He's stop walking. Not just incentive. He bet on. I'm not going to stand. I'm not going to stand for this. He could have gotten the same deal that Michael Dow Cole got as a two. He probably wouldn't have gotten it one way, but he could have gotten a two way, two year, seven hundred thousand dollars. But he didn't. But he didn't. And how come? He bet on himself to do it in one year. Mm, I don't think he. I don't. I. He signed his qualifying offer. He wasn't like, "Hey guys, I'll do this." Because no, that's what Lou presented to him, and it was like, "Kid, you can sign this, or you can not play." Like, that's basically how that went. And I think for Hosang, again, what's important is that the, the argument is who's going to help the Isles more this season? I'm going to argue the fact that we don't need another distributor on this team. We need a shooter. We need a scorer. We need a guy who's going to put the puck in the net. I think with Dal Cole having, you know, almost 30 games last year under his belt, he knows what to expect now moving forward. I think if he improves as much as he did last season this season he's going to be a, a nasty breakout player and and you know he might end up taking Bo's job you don't know so I think for sure Hosang has the upside but Dal Cole just has been able to figure it out and and start to make those strides and I think he's what we need he's a little bit more grit a little bit more youth with some skill on the third line. I don't think Hosang makes this team and plays on the third line. I just don't think that's what they want out of him. They want him in the top six. And I don't think there's room for him. And that's why I don't think he's going to make as much of an impact this year. I mean, you guys both make really, really good points. Um, I, do, I mean, do I have to pick a winner? Or I think we should, should have the audience do it. We should have people tweet at us. Who we think winner? We can run a poll on one of our one of our Twitter accounts. <laughs> it's gonna be like three votes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well by the end of the by the end of the year, we should have shootout segments where you know there's actually yeah double triple digits. You know, for sure. For the, sure. The, I think like the organization f- probably feels safer with Del Call just because. He does all the things that your dad or a casual fan is not going to notice out there. It's not going to be – he's not going to blow you away with his stick handling. You know, Hosang stick handles like like the puck's like attached to a string. It's insane. He doesn't lose the puck in the corners, like cuts on a dime, can dish the puck, can wheel. He could – you know, he could do a lot of things that's super impressive, but it's it, it he must be a nightmare in the coach's room when they're reviewing tape. And I, I just feel like the the coaches have to deal with so many other things out there that they don't need to worry about Hosang missing coverage on, you know, some easy stuff that he should have already had a handle on. Now I, I see what you're saying. Hosang has the has the bigger upside. But if we're gonna keep Josh Hosang, like you could never give Josh Hosang like a five year deal. You know, this guy's going to have to play on, like, a one-year deal for the rest of his life. Of his career, yeah. Like, And I just feel like he's he's going to have to do some, like, amazing stuff. And, and if he gets – you know, let's say he does get 50 or 60 points. You know he's going to say, all right, uh, you know, I want this much money, blah, blah, blah. He's in no position to do that, but he will. And, and, and the last person to be saying that to is Lou. 
Lou doesn't care. He's been around. He's like older than an alligator. Like the guy's like 500 years old. He's been doing this forever. He literally won't even, he won't even blink while telling this kid to go F himself. You know, it's like, doesn't even matter. Like he's seen this a thousand times before. And I just feel like Hosang is really gonna, like you said, he might be one of those kids. Cause I'm one of those people. I push things to the absolute limit to the point where like, I don't even maybe have a chance left and then I'll, I'll pull through with whatever it is in life. And I feel like Hosang is very similar where with his back up against the wall, it wouldn't surprise me if this kid rips it up this year and just does everything. He, he's got to be completely undeniable, though. There can't be any mess ups. This kid, right. show up a half hour early, do whatever you got to do because this is it, man. But There's, when I does don't, he turn it around? Like this is the argument this is it. with him it every year. Every oh, this is it. year, but this is it, though. But you know what? Everybody said that last year. And what but happened after the you second day in camp? Happened. After the second day in camp, he had a personal day. Like with, with <laughs> it's like a, a brand new regime. This whole thing, and it's like he needs a personal day. Like, what's up with this kid? Like, enough with him. I'm tired. Of, you know, I'm like tired of hearing about him. I'm tired of everybody thinking that this is the year. He's got so much potential, and you know what? He pisses it all away. He really does. He should be playing up there. He should be ripping it up with Barzil. They should be like talked about like McKinnon and Rantanen with like top lines in the NHL. Those two would be ridiculous. And he can't figure it out. And he, he you know what? He's never going to. I really believe that. He's never going to figure it out. I pray we're I'm wrong. For the, maybe we're just going to have to wait for the audience. Instead of they don't, instead of having them vote, we can just, we can just wait until until uh, until the playoffs, and then then I can tell you I told you so. No, I, well, I heard. Then I will I will I will eat crow happily happily because I want this kid <laughs> on the team succeeding because I know that he had the dimension that we don't have. Dude, he's training in the offseason with Nick Letty. So you know he's coming in uh, legit this year, dude. We almost <laughs> made it to the end. Damn. Look, I want them both. They're, they're so different. They're so different in, in almost everything that they bring. But like, to me, Dal Cole has figured it out. Hosang, we're still like, will he figure it out? This is his chance. Like, so that's why I'm just, I'm, I'm over it with him. I really, Dal, Dal Cole is slowly improving. You see, from the past two or three years, it's like, okay, all right. But he's just such a bad skater. He, you know, he's not like out of position. It's just, yeah, I don't, you know, he reminds me a little bit of, of, um, maybe I'm completely wrong, but remember, um, what was his name? Was it Trent Hunter? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it got totally really like, Mm -hmm. he's like kind of like has a good shot, you know, like kind of lumbers around out there. Like he's, he's in the right position, but it just doesn't, it looks hard for him out there. Yeah. Like, um, it's Trent Hunter was like a dynasty. Like he was like a transitional player. Like he came into the league bef- while there was still obstruction and clutching and holding and all that. And he was like dominant as a rookie. And then like they started calling like the hooks and the holds and like the game changed to speed. And he just <sighs> game. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. I mean, the I think about the third line is that, you look at Del Cole, who's got a good look at the third line, and Broussard, who's probably going to be on the third line, and Komarov, who is probably, probably has a good look at the line, and they're all really slow. Like, mm-hmm. you, I mean, yeah. you got you got your pace in, in the top six, but, I mean, that's been going around Twitter. Uh, is 
if you if you've got Broussard and you'd like to think that Kamarov is going to sit on the third line too, I want someone like Bavillier or Posting just just to have pace. Yeah. yeah, let them chase him around. Like it's going to force them to move their legs more. Yeah, I agree. I think it would definitely round out our third line um, even more, but. Like, Hosang has put himself behind the eight ball so much that he's got to, like, make a complete 180 in, in, like, every aspect of the game other than what he does very well, which is stick handle and dish the puck. Like, he's got to improve everywhere else. Like, and it's not even the the on-the-ice stuff. It's, like, off-the-ice stuff, which is, you know how the NHL is, man. They just have, like, the, the, the players in this league are, they just follow this you know, this way of doing things to get to the NHL from the age 15, 16, all the way. And he's kind of like gone against the grain and it's hurt him. You know, it's not the skill, it's his mouth. It's like the lack of like respect for like authority and how things are done. And well, I, don't know I understand that, you know, that. like, no, Hosang? No, what is he? I mean, look, he had one, one article he where like- He allowed to play in the World Juniors, like- for Canada. Yeah, but like, Staple like, baited Staple baited him. I think it's more. I think it's more that like he just doesn't do what the coaches want. I personally think it's look. Besides the fact that he missed the the the, the training camp and he had to run the Coliseum stairs and all that, like it's his play on the ice that I think is his biggest. You know, it's his biggest attribute and it's his biggest detriment. Like he turns yeah, the yeah. puck over all the time. But you're and gonna like, have, like it's almost like you want him in training camp to not stand out. Yeah, yeah. Well, the well, thing is, like, let me let me just say this, and let me give you another uh, another angle on it. A guy like him, you, he plays a risky, a risk, a high risk, high reward type style. When you play like the way he does, you're gonna give the puck up a little bit. Yeah. But to you know to make plays, you're you're gonna give the puck up. You're playing against guys who are also getting paid and are very good at their job. So it's like a guy like Delcal is kind of. Seem to have realized that, okay, uh, I'm not playing against 16 and 17 and 18 year olds that are smaller than me. Uh, you know, he had a physical gift and had the phys- and had the shot, which is going to carry you through junior, right? He comes to the NHL. Everyone's bigger, stronger, faster. Now, what he does is not so special, and he's obviously looked in the mirror and said, okay, I got to do all the other things that are going to make the coaches uh, trust me out there. And Hoseng plays that style where he's dangling, he's he's taking risks. You know, you have to, you, you're going to cough the puck up. It's just he doesn't he yeah. doesn't have the leash to like do that. It's like it's really unfortunate because I don't think he, he, he you know, it's not like he has a clean slate. It's like he's already at a handicap. You know, it's 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 unfortunate because. Oh my God! Yeah, imagine him on the first line with Barzell. Imagine him in the top six. He can make your third line just as good as a second line. Like, the, on the third line, you have a longer leash. I was talking about it earlier. With you got the two offensive lines, the two defensive lines. Um, if he's playing on the third line, you have a leash that's like non-existent. You're basically being held by the collar because you can't take risks. You can't give the puck away because defense first. In the offensive zone, if you're playing with Bailey and and Nelson, then you have the opportunity to be like. First of all, Bailey and Nelson can kind of help me out. They're more two-way. Nelson specifically. Uh, Bailey, but, too, is great defensively. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and if you... But on the third line, you, you can't take risks. On the second line, he has the opportunity to give the puck up once to make a goal the next time. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I, the I only agree. way I see him in the top six then is if he bumps Beauvillier down and Beauvillier plays on the third line, which is not – I don't have a problem with that. I feel but like – I just don't see – like the if the question was who can help the Islanders more, the answer a thousand out of a thousand times is Josh Hosang. The question is who will, and that's where it's like he needs to get out of his own way first, then he needs to get get the opportunity, and there needs to be a spot for him. Where yeah. is I'm betting, on, I'm betting on it. It's it's just our. Uh, I, I guess we both hope I'm right, but uh, yeah, for sure. Oh, I hope. I hope <laughs> yeah, you're, oh, you're right, Ben. Like I, yeah. I, I want that <laughs> so bad, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I agree. we've been here for. Uh, we've been here for talking for over an hour, and uh, uh, so with that, that's all the time we have for. And so we just wanted to thank you all for listening. And just a reminder, you can hit us up on Twitter with any IELTS questions or just anything in general you, uh, you want to talk to us about, um, my, my at is at li sound underscore and Damon's is at Kaiju blue, which is K I K A I J U B L U E 13. And we're also currently on anchor FM, anchor.fm, Spotify, SoundCloud, and we got more coming soon. We're hoping to get on iTunes in the next few days. So, uh, have a great week, everyone. Thanks guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Take care. I'll see you next week.